welcome to the Health Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Christy Moore. And today, I actually have a friend of mine here today to talk about her experience as a breast cancer patient, a survivor, and an employee here at Northeast Georgia Health System, Tabitha Buffington. Hey, Tabitha. Hi, Christy. How are you? Good. Awesome. It's so good to see you. It's been too long. It has. So for the listeners, Tabitha and I go way back. We graduated high school from the same high school. I think maybe I was one year older. You were older. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe a year older than me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we went to high school together about 10 years ago. We got our graduate degrees together. So we kind of go way back. But it's so great to catch up with you and hear what's been going on. Yeah, it's good to see you too, Christy. A lot's been going on since we saw each other almost 10 years ago. That's right. Mm. That's right. Well, Tabitha also um, is an RN, and she manages our um, endoscopy units on both campuses, both in GMC Gainesville and in GMC Brazelton. She's a really well-respected nurse, longtime NGHS employee, and really has some good experience to share with us. So I'm just going to jump right in. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, just take us back to the beginning and tell us how how'd you discover you had breast cancer. Well, I was going in for my routine mammogram. That was in August of 2017, um, just routine annual mammogram. I received a call a few days later on the 22nd of August and with the news that they found a suspicious mass in my right breast. Of course, there were all kind of emotions running through me at that time because of my family history of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So the same day that I got the news that they saw the suspicious area, I went in for the ultrasound thanks to the quickness of the imaging center that got me in the same day. Good. performed the ultrasound and a few days later my primary care physician called to let me know that yes it was a suspicious area there and they recommended a biopsy and that's how I reached out to uh, the Long Street Clinic Dr. Strom because I heard she was the best and we set up a biopsy uh, of the area. So jumping back just a little bit tell mm-hmm. me you mentioned family history. Yes. Do you mind sharing a little I bit? I do not. Um, had a grandmother, breast cancer, a maternal aunt times two, paternal aunt times one that actually passed away from breast cancer. So a strong family history there. That's why I started getting my mammograms at an early age. Gotcha. Yes. So how, how, what are you, 40 or something? I am like currently 50. I started getting my mammograms at 30. Okay. Yes. That's when you started. That's when I started. That was smart to get yes, that going absolutely. very early. Yes. And the fact that you knew your family history yes. to make that decision was right. really wise. And I attribute all that to my great physicians uh, in GPG because they stayed on top of it. They made mm-hmm. sure I got those annual mammograms as I should. Mm-hmm. Was this the first time on your routine mammogram that anything came back suspicious? Well, it was not. Actually, the very first mammogram I had at 30 showed something suspicious, same breast, but it turned out it was just benign cyst in the breast. Gotcha. So, not the first time, but yeah. Yes. So this time they said, we need you to come back for the ultrasound. Correct. They were able to do it the same day. Yes. And then that's when they said, well, we're going to have to biopsy this. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
So then how long did that happen? Um, the biopsy took place a week later at Dr. Strom's office. Um, and it took, it was uh, around Labor Day. So it took a while to get the results back. I had to wait till after the, the Labor Day holiday. So oh. very stressful. Yeah. Um, biopsy results came back. I went in to see Dr. Strom, my husband and myself. And she gave me the news that it was uh, malignant. Mm. Um, about the size of a peanut is what she told me. Mm-hmm. And just because of my strong family history and before I decided to move forward with whatever treatment plan was in store, she wanted to do a BRCA test. Gotcha. Because uh, that would determine determine what treatment I would receive. And it did come back negative. So that was great. So you might have to educate us a little bit on that BRCA test. Okay. Is that like a genetic gene test? It is a genetic gene testing that tells you if you carry the gene uh, for breast cancer. Okay. Yes. And had it come back positive, the recommendation would have been a mastectomy. Okay. Yes. So it came back negative. It came back negative, yes. So I did not carry that gene. Interesting. Yes. So you can yes. still get breast cancer but not carry that but gene. not carry that gene, absolutely. Wow. Right. So, so that was me. Mm-hmm. So what did they tell you? Your, your, well, I say tell you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you were part of that team to right, figure out right. what your treatment <laughs> plan would be. Right. Yes. So um, once the BRCA test came back, they were waiting on uh, tests to test, see what type of breast cancer, what was feeding the breast cancer, basically. Uh-huh. It was estrogen positive, progesterone positive, and... Worst of all, HER2 positive. HER2 is a more aggressive form of breast cancer. So her suggestion to me at that point was, let's get you in to see an oncologist um, before we decide on what type surgery you will have to see what their treatment plan uh, suggestion would be. So I did uh, go, uh, they made me an appointment with Dr. Lo Cicero, who is the uh, uh, oncologist at Longstreet Clinic. Mm-hmm. He looked at my history and he thought that the lump was small enough to just go in and remove it mm-hmm. and then start treatment after. Okay. Had it been a bigger lump, I would have to have treatment first, chemotherapy, to shrink mm-hmm. the lump. But for, unfortunately, it was just the size of a peanut. So, gotcha. We were able to go ahead and do the lumpectomy, is what we decided to go with. Gotcha. And they also did some biopsies of the sentinel nodes uh, under my armpit just to be sure to see if that it had spread to any lymph nodes in the area, and it had not. So that gotcha. was, I was thankful for that. Yes. But because it was HER2 positive, I had to do chemotherapy. So the chemo, you said, came after? After the surgery. The surgery. Yes. Um. Gosh, there's so many questions swirling in my mind. If I'm feeling that way, I can only imagine right. how you felt navigating it, this. It was it was hard. Thank God for my husband who was mm-hmm. there the entire time to help me through it. Oh yeah, because it's very emotional. Things are running through your mind. Yes, especially when you have kids. And I had te- had a teenager and an adult son at that point. But yeah, it was very it was it was rough. I bet mm-hmm. it was rough. So when were you diagnosed with breast cancer? I was diagnosed in August of 2017. The surgery, which is the date that they follow as far as survival, was September of 2017. 
So that was pretty quick that you moved through all the diagnostic part of this. It was quick. And I'm curious about that. The biopsy, were they able to learn, you know, you mentioned the estrogen and progesterone right. and HR2 parts is was th- from the biopsy that they were able to find that information out? They were from the very first biopsy that Dr. Strom did in her office. They were able to tell what was feeding the breast cancer. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty amazing that they did the biopsy in, in the office. Right. It was in a, in a little procedure room. They just numbed the area, took the biopsy. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yes. Because time is of the essence. It is. No and, doubt. Uh, I, <laughs> I made sure I wanted to move quickly. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like there's something growing inside of me. Let's get it out. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I understand when oftentimes when they do a lumpectomy like that, they mm-hmm. take, I guess, margins, they call it. They get yes all the area around Absolutely. And she did that. Mm-hmm. And before they woke me up from the surgery, she sent it to pathology while I was still on the table to see if all the margins were clear. OK. And they were all clear. That's good. Yes. The first go round. So and I guess they they test that sample, mm-hmm. even though they got the sample through the biopsy. Right. They still. Test. Absolutely. Yeah. The yes. Whole thing. Absolutely. They test the whole thing. OK. Yes. And then. From there, I'm sure they, they could make adjustments to your treatment plan, but you kind of had your treatment plan set. Yes. My treatment plan was already set in stone at that mm-hmm. point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure had they found uh, additional, you know, areas yeah. in the lymph nodes, may have to be adjusted a little bit, but right. pretty much it was set in stone yeah. by my oncologist, yes. Got it. Did you ever, just out of curiosity... Did you ever consider a mastectomy in this whole process? When she originally told me that it was malignant, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. I'm just going to get it removed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But upon she wanted me to wait Mm -hmm. until I got the BRCA study back before I made any harsh decisions. Mm -hmm. And upon discussion with her, the BRCA results, uh, she just recommended lumpectomy. Yeah. Yeah. And you felt comfortable. And I was okay with that. Yes. Just because she's such a great surgeon. Yeah. And that's her specialty. I felt very comfortable with her recommendation. That's good. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure for the listeners, what kind of, you probably have some words of wisdom just of, you know, doing your own research and asking the right questions and having that sort of collective decision making with your provider i'm sure with you being a nurse you had a kind of a leg up even though the emotion of it all i'm sure wasn't easy you probably had some questions in your mind that only a nurse would have absolutely yeah um that's i guess that's a plus because i felt like i knew the right questions to ask yeah I didn't know the right questions to ask the moment that I found out the diagnosis. But once you have time to sit down, think about it and research, yeah. you come back with the appropriate questions. Uh, one thing I did fall prey to was Google. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Google. Dr. Google. <laughs> and uh, my oncologist said, do not do that. Yeah. Do not do that. Yeah. So I had to sort of step back from that. Right. Because all it did was, was add to the anxiety. So Right. Mm-hmm. What kind of advice would you give people that find themselves in the same situation you were in? Uh, Number one, stay off Dr. Google. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But do research. 
do research. There's so much treatment out there now for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you have to take what your doctor says as 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 the law, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Do your research. Go to the, your physician with the appropriate questions. Yes. Uh, take the helps that, help that's been offered to you from your support system. Yes. And also f- your support system needs to understand that please don't tell me I know how you feel or it's going to be okay. Yeah. Just be there to listen yeah. and be respectful of my feelings. Yeah. Of If I don't want to be bothered at the moment, if I need to have my moment of crying, let me have that. Right. Mm-hmm. Let me have that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I guess moving through this with you, kind of retracing your steps now that you've had the surgery and now you're ready for your treatment. How did that go? How was treatment? Treatment, honestly, it was rough. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to have chemo every four weeks, Mm. followed by uh, after the chemo was done. I did six rounds of chemo, Um, lots of nausea, lots of fatigue, of course. And, of course, I worked the entire time that I went through treatment. You did. I did. I did. I did my treatment on a Friday, came back to work on a Tuesday. So it was rough. But my staff, I'm telling you, the support from them was just unbelievable. The understanding that they had of what I was going through. Mm -hmm. Um, Radiation. I did 25 rounds of radiation after the chemo was complete. That was it. It was not bad. I did that here in our uh, radiation therapy department. Uh huh. And uh, treatment was, it was not as bad as I thought. I'm still stuck on you saying that you worked this whole time. (laughs) I did. I worked the entire time. That is unreal. Right. I just refused to just lay there and feel sorry for myself. I got to get up and keep going. Wow. I have got to get up and keep moving. Well, did you, did so the chemo happened first and then the radiation? and then the radiation. A lot of people do it simultaneously, but Mm -hmm. my physician thought it best just to do the chemo first, followed by the radiation. And where were you able to do your chemo treatment? I did it at the Longstreet Clinic uh, at their infusion center there. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So you just managed your side effects? I did. I did. Um, I know nausea is the biggest side effect. Mm -hmm. And what I did was... I took my nausea medication every four hours, whether I was nauseous or not, and that helped. Oh, yeah. Uh, lots of fluid intake. Yeah. And a healthy diet. Yes. Fruits and vegetables, protein. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it helped a whole lot. So that sounds like a whole lot of treatments. How long, like time-wise, were you in that treatment phase? I was in the treatment phase for an entire year. Because of the HER2 positive diagnosis, Mm -hmm. I had to take a medication or call Herceptin. Herceptin is uh, indicated for HER2 positive breast cancer to prevent recurrence. So I had to do that for an entire year. And then do you get mammograms every six months or so? I started out every six months my first year after treatment. Mm -hmm. Now it's annual, just once a year. Good. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, did you feel like just celebrating when you got done with your treatment? Yes, I did. And I did celebrate. (laughs) It was a very emotional moment. Uh, I can remember getting my last treatment. Wow. Long Street. And I was coming to work after that treatment. And here 
in walks my family with a bouquet of pink roses. Oh, didn't know they were coming uh, at that last treatment. It's very emotional. Oh, I can mm-hmm. only imagine. Very emotional. Did your husband ever at any point say, Tabitha, you don't need to go back to work today. You need to come home and rest. <laughs> <laughs> he did each time, actually. But yeah, I just refused not to do that. Yeah. Somehow that does not surprise me. You are a hard worker. <laughs> yeah. And you are not going to give up. Right. Mm. Right. I refuse to go home and just sit and do nothing. Wow. And think. Things start running through your mind. So good mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say, thinking back over it all, what was the most difficult part of your journey with this? The most difficult part was fear of recurrence Mm. still have those thoughts every now and then but they were heavy back there oh i bet they were heavy back then excuse me yeah the fear of recurrence is is the biggest thing and i'm sure anyone that's in remission uh can relate to that yeah how do you do you have any just tactics or things that that you do that you found that work mm-hmm. for you to kind of try and get your mind off of that? I joined a lot of support uh, groups mm-hmm. uh, and you can always find positive stories within those support groups. And that always helped online support groups. I would just go through, uh, reach out to one of my counterparts on the support group and we just talk through it. Yeah. There's always positive stories that come out of there. Yeah. So that helps a whole lot. That's how I coped with that. And that's how I continue to cope with it. So. Well, my hat is off to you because, and I I guess it is a personal decision of Mm -hmm. who all you share this with and how you share it and just deciding to to be open about your experience, I'm sure is going to help somebody else. So my hat is off to you. Thank you. Because when I first, when I was first diagnosed, I wouldn't talk or share it with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. My now 15 year old just found out about it. What? Two months ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. I never shared it with him because he's a worrier and I just did not want to put that on his plate. So, well, as they say, mama knows best. Yeah. (laughs) But now I feel like I, my story can help someone else. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I can see how you have to take the time for yourself to, to digest what you've been told. Absolutely. Before you can even share it with your, some of your family. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What advice do you have for people who are supporting someone who is going through something like this? My advice to them would be to listen. Yeah. As I said earlier, please listen. Just be there. Yeah. Um, be there for me in my moments when I'm crying. Respect that. Don't try to say, oh, it's going to be okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, no one knows how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Just be there. Yes. Be there and listen would be my advice. That's good advice. Mm-hmm. Yes. What things maybe have we not covered that you think might be helpful to our listeners on this topic? I would like to say that anyone that's on the fence about mammograms, please get your annual mammograms. It could save your life, literally. Yes. Right. And do yourself breast exams as well. Well, I think that is about all the time we have today, but I want to thank you again. And it's just so great to see you looking so good and so healthy. And I want to thank our listeners for listening in today and let you know 
that you can catch this podcast on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Amazon Music. We'll see you next time on Health Perspectives.